Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. The Biden administration bans horse patrols at the border. The Democrats struggle to put together their giant budget and AOC cries about Jews defending themselves. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. You have a right to privacy. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, we'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, here is your reminder that you are just paying a lot of money for your cell phone bill, like for no reason at all, because you're using one of the big cell phone providers, right? You want the great coverage, and you figure you got to get it through one of the big providers. Only one thing, you don't. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile's social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go into. Stop paying for the added perks you never use. Pure Talk isn't going to charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you killer 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of the big guys for about half the cost. The average family is saving over $800 a year. So, what exactly is your excuse? I made the switch. You can too. Keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. You can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And listen, if you still want unlimited data, you can get it and still save a fortune. Head on over to puretalk.com, shop for the plan that's right for you. They have a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so you literally have nothing to lose. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro. You will save 50% off your very first month. That is puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro, puretalk is simply smarter wireless. Save yourself a bundle by switching over. Go to puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. All righty. So the Biden administration is faced with this crisis on the border. They're apparently trying to empty this thing out as fast as possible. It's like Gavin Newsom emptying out all the freeway underpasses right before the recall election. And all the homeless people are back, by the way. I'm in California right now, and uh, I just went and checked under the freeway underpasses. They are all back because Gavin Newsom was not, in fact, recalled. So Joe Biden is doing the same thing at the southern border. Apparently, a lot of the southern border area under this Del Rio Bridge was cleared, but there's still about 5,000 people who apparently are staying there, according to Politico. A report from Renuka Ryasam over at Politico saying that things are winding down. There's still 5,000 people in the camp. That's much lower than the 15,000-person peak. Mexico has cracked down on the Acuna side, so it'll be difficult for more people to show up. I guess maybe by the beginning of next week, there'll be very few people left, if any, but it's still a zoo because there are so many people, it's hard for volunteers to keep up. He said, I met some asylum seekers at the airport. They said they would, be, they would be sleeping on the bench. I gave them the number to the Haitian Bridge Alliance to see if they could help them find accommodations. They said, there's nothing in a hundred mile radius. They have the money to buy a hotel room, but no options. So they've been sleeping on the streets. So things are obviously going really, really well over at the southern border. And the, the Biden administration has come up with a solution. They're going to blame it on the horses. So you remember, over the past several days, there's been this, this myth that Border Patrol is going around and whipping Haitian migrants, like whipping them, like taking whips and hitting them with the whips, like slave patrols or something. Well, as it turned out, those are called horse reins, and you use them when you are riding a horse. As I said yesterday, 
I'm not, I may not be much of a cowboy, but I've seen enough cowboy movies to know what it looks like when you hit a horse on the flanks with the reins of the, of the horse. Apparently, the Biden administration, however, has fallen full scale into the narrative that the Border Patrol here are the bad guys. And so they've decided there will be no more horse patrols. They're actually spending one of the parts of the Border Patrol that actually polices the border in the middle of a border crisis in order to satiate the idiotic media who don't know how horses work. Nick Miroff over at the Washington Post reports, the Biden administration has now directed U.S. border officials to suspend patrols by agents on horseback in the Del Rio, Texas migrant camp. Saki said Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas told civil rights leaders Thursday morning, we would no longer be using horses in Del Rio. Here was Saki announcing just this. We feel those images are horrible and horrific. There is an investigation the president certainly supports overseen by this, the Department of Homeland Security, which he has conveyed will, uh, will happen quickly. I can also convey to you that the secretary also conveyed to civil rights leaders earlier this morning that we would no longer be using horses in Del Rio. Uh, so that is something, a policy change that has been made in response. They shoot horses, don't they? Just blame the horses. So here you have a bunch of people trying to hoof it across the border. And the Biden administration is unable to rein it in. So finally, Biden just said, nay. Well, the main point is that all of this is just horse because there is no rationale for it whatsoever. Okay, they literally took the people who are police. What are they going to put them on segways out there? Like this is rough terrain in the middle of a river. So you're just going to have Paul Blart, Border Patrol agent, wandering around there out on his segway, trying to stop people from crossing the border illegally. This is their solution. Because of course, it is never about actually solving the problem. It is just about the political spin of the moment. This administration has no long-term vision other than just spending oodles of money and making lots of people dependent. They have no long-term strategic vision. Everything is just news cycle of the moment. And honestly, some of this is due to social media and just the nature of things, which is that if you just wait long enough, it will get out of the news, right? We still have thousands of green card holders stuck behind enemy lines thanks to the Taliban and the Biden administration, and no one cares anymore. We just forgot about them. They don't matter. Hey, that, it's not even the end of September yet. Okay, we, we only left like a little over three weeks ago and everyone just forgot about the tens of thousands of SIV holders and the thousands of green card holders in Afghanistan and the Taliban are taking all over and their leadership is saying we're chopping off hands again. And you know, we're back. We're, they're back and better than ever. The boys are back and they're ready to chop off some hands. And the Biden administration is like, well, the news cycle moved on. And you know what? This, that was the plan. Their plan is always, can we delay long enough for people to forget about what's going on and move on to the next short-lived news cycle. That's always what this is. And so every answer from Jen Psaki is not directed at actually providing information. It's all directed at kind of these snarky little comebacks that don't make any sense if you think about them for 10 seconds. So for example, Peter Ducey is asking about the fact that there are a bunch of people who are being deported into the, not deported, they're being shipped into the interior of the United States. There have been reports now from the Associated Press, from NBC News, that people are literally just being released into the interior of the United States. And all women have to do to be released is claim that they are pregnant which means that the border is not actually under control. So Peter Ducey asks Saki about this and listen to her answer. And the entire media is like, slay, queen, slay, queen, because all that matters is the headline of the moment. This is what, by, by the way, the media couldn't stand it when it was Trump. When it was Trump, Trump figured that too. He figured, okay, I'll just do whatever I do. And five minutes later, the news cycle will move on. But Biden is taking advantage of the exact same effect. And because the media are a bunch of squirrels and they just want to run after the next nut they see, they will... By this time next week, no one will be talking about the border crisis anymore. We'll be on to whatever the next thing is. Saki knows that, so she can do these slay queen idiotic little lines that make no sense. Here we go. Are you suggesting you don't believe when women say they're pregnant? Is that a big issue, we think, at the border? I am not in charge of 
keeping the border secured. Do you, you guys think are. Pregnant women are posing a big threat to the border. You tell me. To the border communities. You is that a big me. issue? You tell me. I'm not aware of pregnant women being a big issue of concern to people at the border. That's not even what Ducey was talking about. What Ducey was saying is you obviously don't have control of the border. You're letting people in. You're not testing people for COVID. You're not testing people who claim they're pregnant so that they can just come into the country. So why exactly would we believe that you have any significant standards for how the border is being policed? And instead, Saki's like, what? You, what do you have against pregnant women? You don't like pregnant women? Are you saying these women are lying about their pregnancy? Don't you know, believe all women? Like, what in the hell are you talking about? That's not even the question. Like, if you, if you ask her a question that doesn't fit into the neat little intersectional box, she just rams it into the intersectional box and the entire media cheers like a bunch of crazy people. Meanwhile, I got this administration ripping its own Haiti envoy. So there's a special envoy to Haiti. The special envoy to Haiti quit because they looked at the Biden administration policies and they said, this is idiotic. Either you got to let people in or you got to not let people in, but you can't do this sort of half-assed routine. So Saki just starts ripping the, her own Haiti envoy. Imagine if the special envoy to Haiti under Donald Trump had quit and then Trump had gotten up and like, that guy's an idiot. He doesn't know anything. He's the worst. It'd be like, look at him disrespecting members of his own administration. Look at that. What Violation of norms. Here's Jen Psaki just doing this and everybody going, okay. Special envoy Foote had ample opportunity to raise concerns about migration during his tenure. He never once did so. Now, that wasn't his purview. His purview was, of course, being the special envoy on the ground. His positions were and his views were put forward. They were valued. They were heard. Different policy decisions were made in some circumstances. Oh, well, I, I guess that, then, then it's OK. Like, there's no big deal anymore. OK, in just a second, we'll get to the fact that Democrats on the border who actually have to live in these areas are still pretty ticked about all of this, and it has not, in fact, been solved. First, if you've been having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, one of the best things you can do is start getting enough magnesium. You probably haven't thought about that. Don't run to the store and just buy the first magnesium supplement you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms. And since they're not full spectrum, they're not going to fix that magnesium deficiency or help you sleep better. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium. You have to get all of them if you want to experience the calm, sleep-enhancing effects of magnesium, which is why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. You can simply take two capsules before you go to bed, and you will be amazed at how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, head on over to www.magbreakthrough.com slash Shapiro. Use code Shapiro10 to save 10% when you try Magnesium Breakthrough. And one more thing, for a limited time, Buy Optimizers is also giving away free bottles with their best-selling products P3OM and Mass Enzymes with select purchases. So head on over to www.magbreakthrough.com slash Shapiro now. Get your exclusive 10% discount plus the chance to get more than 50 bucks worth of supplements for free. Go check them out, magbreakthrough.com slash Shapiro. Use code Shapiro10 and save 10% when you try Magnesium Breakthrough. Okay, so even Democrats are looking at the Biden administration and saying, this is ridiculous. Democratic Representative Frederick Wilson, who until now is most famous for wearing crazy hats, she says Haitian immigrants are showing up because they hear that the border is open. There are cottage industries that have grown around the border where we have people, uh, smugglers, who are passing information to Haitian refugees, Haitian deport, Haitian uh, immigrants that come. The border is open, so they have saved their money. They have paid. And that is Frederica Wilson, a Democrat from Florida. Democratic Representative Henry Cuellar is saying the same thing. He's saying, listen, remember that time when they sent Kamala Harris down here and she was supposed to solve everything? It turns out Kamala Harris has never been able to solve a single thing. You point out these tens of thousands of Haitian migrants that are that we know about uh, in Latin America, possibly making their way north, hoping to get to the border between Mexico and the U.S. Um, 
In the wake of Vice President Harris's trip to Latin America, what do you think the impact has been? Has anything changed? Uh, without due respect, no. Um, no. Without due respect. <laughs> Very the harsh words there from Henry Cuellar. Of course nothing has changed. Because the Biden administration has no actual policy. They just have, what can we do at this moment to get to just get beyond what exactly is the issue? Whatever we can do at this moment to get beyond the issue. Okay, so what is the actual long-term vision here? As I've said, there's no actual strategy here. There is a long-term vision. The long-term vision is, what if we just tax the living hell out of everything that moves, tax it until it dies, and then we use the roadkill? What if we just do that? We'll just tax everything that moves, and we'll spend ungodly amounts of money effectively nationalizing half of American industries through regulation, right? either overtly nationalizing industries or by, by expanding things like Medicaid and Medicare, or actively using regulation to the extent that effectively the government has prevented you from all of your property rights being exercised, right? The, the right to property is not merely the right to own a thing. It is the right to dispose of that thing. It is the right to use the thing. If the government gets rid of many of the sticks in the bundle of property rights, effectively, it is no longer your full property. This is part of Joe Biden's actual proposal, right? You, you will not be in control of your own economic freedom. You will not be in control of your own economic life. And he justifies all of this with just pure idiotic, envious class warfare. So he tweeted out again today. This is his, it's just his shtick. He is just Bernie Sanders now. Quote, folks, I don't want to punish anyone's success, but those at the top have been getting a free ride for far too long. We're going to change that. It's just pure envy. It's just pure class warfare politics. Now, none of this applies to Joe Biden himself. According to a report in the New York Post, quote, Republicans say a new nonpartisan report indicates President Joe Biden improperly avoided paying Medicare taxes before he took office, raising eyebrows and the possibility he now owes the IRS as much as a half million dollars in back taxes. Biden is leading a Democratic push for a $3.5 trillion bill to subsidize child care, education, and health care by targeting tax avoidance. But a House Ways and Means Committee drafted the bill would end an accounting trick apparently exploited by Biden and boost IRS funding for audits. According to Jim Banks, who is the chairman of the Conservative Republican Study Committee from Indiana, Joe Biden wants to raise taxes by $2.1 trillion while claiming the rich need to pay their fair share. But in 2017, multimillionaire Joe Biden skirted his payroll taxes, the very taxes that fund Medicare and Obamacare. According to the criteria provided by the congressional research to my office, he owes the IRS and the American people hundreds of thousands of dollars in back taxes. Every American should know about Joe Biden's tax hypocrisy. By the way, it doesn't just apply to Joe Biden. It also applies to Hunter. And remember, Hunter Biden is only rich because daddy is Hunter, is, is Joe. That's, that's the only reason anyone has ever heard of Hunter Biden, who is a derelict and a terrible person. And I know, a wayward child. We're supposed to treat him like a wayward child, even though he is like 15 years, 16 years older than I am. We're supposed to treat him like he's a wayward child. He's well into his 50s at this point. Okay, but apparently Hunter Biden, when he is not trying to sell his finger paintings for millions of dollars in a pretty obvious bribery operation, when he's not doing that, apparently, according to Business Insider, He's attempting to leverage his daddy's job in order to make money. And this goes all the way back to when his daddy was VP. According to Business Insider, two previously unpublished emails sent by business contacts of Hunter Biden indicate the president's son requested an annual retainer of two million bucks to help recover billions in Libyan assets frozen by the Obama administration. The emails obtained by Insider during reporting on an unrelated matter are not connected to the controversial emails from Hunter Biden's laptop. While it appears the new e from the new emails that the Libya deal was never consummated, the document offers a window into the mechanics of Beltway influence peddling and the stock that was put in Biden's political connections, particularly his relationship with his daddy, who was VP at the time. The first email, dated January 28, 2015, was sent from, from Sam Jouari, a Democratic donor with businesses in the Persian Gulf who has helped spearheading a Libya project. 
It was addressed to Sheikh Mohammed al-Rahbani, another Obama campaign donor involved in the proposal. In the email, Jahauri is frank about what Biden would bring to the table and what he says Biden wanted in return. Quote, per phone conversation I met with number two son. He wants two million bucks per year, retainer plus success fees. He wants to hire his own people. It can be a close circle of people for confidentiality. His dad is deciding to run or not. His positives are he is chairman of the UN World Food Program, son of number two who has Libya file, access to state treasury business partners, secretary of state John F. Kerry, son. And since he travels with dad, he's connected everywhere in Europe and Asia. He has said he has access to the highest levels in PRC and can help there as well. His negatives are that he is alcoholic, drug addict, kicked out of the U.S. Army for cocaine, chasing low-class hookers, constantly needs money liquidity problems, and many more headaches. We should meet in G-Strad or London to decide next steps. So, um, well, I mean, that's, that's a pretty accurate summing up of everything related to, uh, to Hunter Biden. But again, the rule is you can be rich and you can influence pedal and you can be corrupt as all hell as long as you proclaim that you are for the socialist ideal of complete redistribution of income. And that's the whole shtick. Because the more the Democrats claim that they are for redistribution of income, the more they hope to change the nature of how American government is done. Which brings us to the budget. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about a simple fact. You don't want to go to the auto parts store. Who wants to go to the auto parts store? You stand in line forever. Finally, get to the front of the line. When you do, they finally ask you a bunch of questions about your car. You answer them. And then they're like, we don't have the part. We're ordering it online. And you're like, well, I could have just ordered it online my, myself and, you know, cut out the middleman. They're like, yes, but then you wouldn't get this incredible service. Okay, well, you don't want the incredible service. You want rockauto.com. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Furthermore, prices at rockauto.com are always the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand's specifications and prices you prefer. Head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you no reason to go to the auto parts store anymore. Instead, just do everything online at rockauto.com and make sure that you mention that you heard about rockauto.com on the Ben Shapiro Show. Okay, so meanwhile, the White House is still struggling to iron out its budget differences. According to Politico.com today, Democratic leaders' efforts to infuse momentum into turbulent negotiations over President Joe Biden's social spending plans are falling flat so far with key players on Capitol Hill. As Congress hurdles toward a crucial week that could make or break Biden's agenda, centrists and progressives remain largely unmoved from their entrenched positions. That leaves Speaker Nancy Pelosi days away from a vote on a $550 billion Senate-passed infrastructure bill without a clear path to passage. So you remember that there is this bipartisan infrastructure bill the, the kind of bare-bones infrastructure bill passed by the Senate is $550 billion. Moderates are demanding that she hold the vote because she promised she was going to do that. Progressives are calling for delay, and they're vowing to tank the legislation as long as they don't get their giant social spending bill, the $3.5 trillion spending bill. Representative Lou Correa, Democrat of California, says, you're witnessing democracy in full bloom. Everyone wants to be heard and acknowledged. Nancy's a magician. Well, we're going to find out. Pelosi and her team hope that projecting progress in the talks, both with a framework of financing mechanisms announced Thursday and plans for the House Budget Committee to mark up the still unfinished package this weekend, will satisfy progressives enough to back off their threats. Pelosi says, we'll take it one day at a time. I'm confident that we will pass both bills. But of course, there's no guarantee that in the Senate, the giant $3.5 trillion bill is going to pass if infrastructure does pass. Right now, the progressives are saying, we will hold up infrastructure to get our $3.5 trillion bill. And the moderates are saying, pass our infrastructure and we're still not going to vote for your $3.5 trillion bill. So that is an impasse. 
Senator Manchin says, we don't have any idea what they're talking about. It sounds good if they're all working towards something to present to us after all the conversations yesterday. I haven't seen it. An aide to Senator Kristen Sinema of Arizona, she said, unclear what Chuck Schumer is referring to. We've seen nothing. We haven't signed off on anything. So basically, Pelosi and Schumer are trying to just ram this through with happy talk. Even with next week's vote looming, Democrats' path forward is murky at best as Politico, with moderates and progressives locked in a public standoff over Biden's two spending priorities. Earlier in the day, Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer delivered a cryptic announcement that they, along with the White House, had agreed to a framework of options to pay for their social spending ambitions, an effort meant to show forward momentum in these stalled negotiations. House Majority Leader Steiny Hoyer said, I think having a framework will add more confidence to people as to what we're planning on doing. One of the big problems is people aren't sure what's going on. House Budget Committee Chair John Yarmuth later announced Democrats' plans to mark up the massive package on Saturday, admitting it would be more procedural than substantive because the bill isn't even done yet. Republicans can force symbolic political votes, which would drag the process out for hours, but the budget panel can't make any binding changes. There's still no budget scorecards from the Congressional Budget Office, which are necessary in order to even pass this thing through reconciliation. The framework announcement came after Pelosi and Schumer emerged from a meeting with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and White House Advisor Brian Deese and Congress's top tax writers. Democratic leaders were mum on the details, refusing to say whether a spate of financing ideas will allow them to move forward next week with either their up to $3.5 trillion spending package or the bipartisan infrastructure plan. So it looks like kind of a mess at the moment. Right now, again, the moderates are saying we are not spending this much money. And progressives are saying we're not going to vote for the bipartisan bill. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders is cheering this framework that still has not been revealed. He says Democrats could pay for this whole thing and absolutely make sure they follow through on Biden's promise to not increase taxes on families making under $400,000 a year. He says the truth is it's not hard to come up with approaches to do away with the tax cap and to demand the wealthy and large corporations pay their fair share of taxes. You could do a lot more than $3.5 trillion. Once again, Bernie only cares about spending other people's money. He himself has that third lake house, so he's pretty secure. So what exactly is this framework on tax hikes that we are talking about right now? According to the Washington Post, the first word of a potential compromise arrived earlier Thursday when Pelosi and Schumer said the party had worked with the White House on a menu of options, but the reality is a little bit more complicated, reflecting instead that talks continue on some of the thorny issues. In some areas, Democrats have already agreed they want, they want to raise the top tax rate to almost 40% from 37%. But on corporate tax increases, lawmakers want to raise rates but don't see eye to eye on the amount. And of course, they want to radically increase the capital gains tax, which is uh, something that Joe Biden is pushing really hard and then is lying about. Even by Thursday afternoon, Democrats in the House and Senate said, we, we really have not seen any details here. You just keep saying things and you're not actually showing us anything. So this, this has forced Joe Biden to just lie about stuff. Okay, So we'll get to Joe Biden's latest lie with regard to taxes in just one second. First, let us talk about a simple fact. If you need an education, you need to go to a college that is going to actually mirror your values, right? That is going to share things that are important, eternal values that matter. Grand Canyon University is one university that does this. The Ben Shapiro Show is proud to be supported by GCU, an affordable Christian university, one of the largest, fastest growing universities in the country. Located in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, GCU is ranked top 20 for best college campuses in America and offers over 275 engaging academic programs with over 240 online. GCU integrates the free market system with a welcoming Christian worldview perspective into its academic programs so you can put your faith into action and help transform communities. In 2020, GCU students received over $290 million in scholarships, with many attending GCU for less than the cost of a state university. You can find your purpose at GCU. It is private, 
Christian, affordable. Visit GCU slash my offer and see what scholarships you qualify for. I've visited GCU. It is just a gorgeous campus. The students are wonderful. Many of the faculty members are just terrific. Go check them out right now. GCU.edu slash my offer. See what scholarships you qualify for. Alrighty, so what exactly is Joe Biden's plan here? His plan is to just lie. So Biden and the Democrats have now put out a report suggesting that the wealthiest 400 families in the United States are paying an average income tax rate of just 8.2%. This is according to a new analysis from the Biden administration. Well, um, there's only one problem with that, which is just, it's not true. Like, it's not true at all. How do they come to that 8.2% number? Well, they lie. The analysis estimated billionaires paid 8.2% of, of their income between 2010 and 2018, including on forms of income that go largely untaxed. So in other words, they are saying that billionaires paid 8.2% of their income. They're defining income as stocks, as bonds, as capital gains. Now, as anyone who knows anything knows, capital gains are not, in fact, income. By this metric, you can pretty much skew any stat ever, right? You can say that Bob down the street, who's paid no capital gains on the incremental increase of the value of his home, he's paying a far lower income tax rate than you thought he was paying. The analysis by economists from the OMB and the White House Council of Economic Advisors drew from publicly available data and said the disparity is driven largely by how the tax code treats income generated from wealth, such as income from stocks, whose worth increases over time, rather than wages, which are immediately taxed. Yes, that's correct, because we do tax income from wealth and investment differently than we tax income from wages. Why? Because wages become wealth. You already paid tax on that. So we're already double taxing you. Right? You got paid by your company. You then took your money and you put it in your 401k or you went out and you got an E-Trade portfolio and you bought a bunch of stock. Now, Nancy Pelosi and Biden and Schumer, they're saying, well, you haven't really been taxed enough on that, have you? It's like, well, wait a second. I, I already paid tax on that. I haven't even sold my stock yet. What are you talking about? If I never sell my stock, by the way, I have not realized the gain or the loss. Of course, you shouldn't be taxed the same way on income that you are on investment. Now, one thing that Joe Biden is is attempting to cash in on is the fact that most people in the United States are wage earners as opposed to people who are entrepreneurs or investors. But if you remove the incentive for entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurs and investors to invest, you will get less investment and less entrepreneurialism and more wage base. There's more security in not taking the risk than there isn't taking the risk. Nobody ever thinks about the sort of unforeseen economic consequences of this sort of stupidity. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Why we tax these two forms of income differently. The reason we tax capital gains differently from how we tax, for example, employment income is because employment income is very secure. You're taking no risk. You get paid a wage. The people who work at my company know that the check is coming every two weeks, right? They know the check is coming. They're, they've taken no risk because they're walking into work and they are doing their job and they are getting paid. On the other end of the spectrum, those of us who are owners of the Daily Wire have taken a significant amount of risk. We've put our own money in, for example. Or we took lower salaries in order to start the company. Or we took out mortgages on our homes. Or we went and we got somebody else to take the risk by putting money in. But then we took on the burden of having to pay those people back over the course of time. None of my employees have to pay back our investors over the course of time. They're employees. So, of course, it's amazing. People will talk about the excess profits to be earned, for example, from, in, from investment and innovation and entrepreneurialism. No one ever talks about the excess losses. Okay, most people who take risks fail. A huge majority of people who start in the restaurant business end up not in the restaurant business. Their restaurants go under. Nobody ever talks about the fact 
And when you talk about the average profit of investors, the average profit, those are the people who stay the investors in a business. Or the entrepreneurs, right? Oh, the, the, look, at the, look at the rate of return for entrepreneurs. Who succeed? You never talk about the people who go bankrupt. Okay, we, we try to incentivize risk-taking because if it were not for the risk-takers, if it were not for the entrepreneurs, if it were not for the people who invest their money, if it weren't for you investing your money in the stock market, right? And providing capital so that businesses can use that to hire people, no one gets hired. Employees do not exist without employers. Employers do not exist without risk-taking and investment and innovation. And if you cut all of the benefits of innovation and investment, you may as well turn everybody into a wage earner. The problem is then there's no one left to pay the wages. This is why we tax these two forms of income differently. So Biden wants to conflate the two. He says, how is it possible for millionaires and billionaires that can pay a lower rate of tax than teachers, firefighters, or law enforcement officers? Again, teachers, firefighters, and law enforcement officers are wage earners. This is not any sort of degradation of what wage earners do. They do unbelievably important work. They also are not the people who own the company and take the risk of having to forfeit their house if something goes wrong on the job. The worst that happens to somebody who's a wage earner, I've been a wage earner in my career also, right? I've worked for companies where I was not an owner in the company. And the risk that I took is that the company went under, but that risk didn't attach to me. It was just I would have to go find another job or that I screw up at my job. But if I've leveraged my entire life in order to start a business, that's a bit more of a gamble, is it not? So Biden is hoping that because so many people are employees as opposed to employers, then we can have the employee base tax the employers. And it was often said in the 18th century, 19th century by political philosophers that the moment that you could essentially have people tax other people to pay for their benefits, then the entire system would collapse. That's what Biden is betting on. The more he makes people dependent, and then that dependency is paid for by people who are not those people, the more you can get people to vote for that kind of stuff. And it's all well and good until the entire system collapses. It's all well and good until there is no one left to do the innovation. The Biden administration says they want the wealthiest Americans to, quote, pay their fair share. Their proposal includes raising the income tax bracket for the wealthiest Americans back up to almost 40% from 37%. By the way, the United States has one of the most progressive income tax rates in, Amer in, in the world, right? The rich pay way more taxes than people at the bottom of the spectrum. The bottom 50% of income earners in the United States essentially pay zero income tax. The top 10% of income earners in the United States pay virtually all of the income tax in the United States. The top 1% pay something like 40% of all of the income tax in the United States. So Democrats agree that we'll raise the taxable income, but they also want to include capital gains for households making more than a million bucks each year at the same tax rate, 39.6 instead of 20%, doubling the tax rate on capital gains. However, among Democrats, there's still some disagreement. In a bill unveiled last week, House Democrats proposed raising the top capital gains rates from 20 to 25%, which is a lot less than Biden wanted. Instead, they wanted a 3% surtax on individuals making more than $5 million. It didn't address wealth passed from generation to generation. Democrats want to tax you for passing on your wealth to your children, which is one of the reasons you care about earning additional wealth. You think that if I didn't care about passing on wealth to my kids, I would continue working as hard as I do? I want to pass on wealth to my kids. I want to give charity. I want to invest in work, my, my, my employees. I want to invest in our business and grow it. I think it's important. Remove all the incentives. And hell, I mean, if you're maxing out what I can give to my kids, I may as well take them on vacations and spend all the money now before I die. If Biden has vowed not to raise taxes on those making less than $400,000 a year, he's lying about that too. He's already raising all sorts of quote-unquote sin taxes. Okay, all of this comes as the White House is gambling with a government shutdown. Right? They are so committed to the idea that they can spend us into a new way of life, 
that they are preparing for a government shutdown. Because let's face this, the government shutdown is entirely avoidable. All the Democrats have to do is not vote on a $3.5 trillion package at the same time that they raise the debt ceiling. That's all. According to the Washington Post, the White House Budget Office notified federal agencies on Thursday to begin preparations for the first shutdown of the U.S. government since COVID. Administration officials stress the request is in line with traditional procedures seven days ahead of a shutdown and not a comment on the likelihood of a congressional deal. Both Democrats and Republicans have made clear they will fund the government before the funding expires on September 30th. But time is running out. Lawmakers are aiming to resolve an enormous set of tasks in a matter of weeks. House Democrats earlier this week approved a measure to fund the government, suspend the debt ceiling, and approve emergency aid, such as disaster relief. But that plan is expected to die in the Senate because GOP is not going to support Democratic attempts to lift the debt ceiling so long as the Democrats immediately plan to ram through a $3.5 trillion budget plan. With the first of two major deadlines looming next week, Democrats publicly maintain current course. They have pledged to put the House-backed bill before the Senate that would fund the government into December and allow the country to borrow freely throughout most of 2022. Senate Majority Leader Schumer said, quote, every single member of this chamber is going to go on record as to whether they support keeping the government open and averting a default or support shutting us down and careening our country toward a first ever default. Well, I mean, the Democrats could avert the default by not pledging to spend more money than God has ever seen. Privately, Democrats are beginning to acknowledge they're unlikely to prevail in the face of a GOP blockade. Democrats have started have started discussing the mechanics of how to sidestep Republicans as soon as next week. We're looking at all the options, but a government shutdown is not acceptable, says Senator Chris Van Hollen of Maryland. Many government functions are financed through spending bills that must be approved by Congress, including things from the military to education programs before one fiscal year ends and the next begins. Alternatively, lawmakers can pass short-term measures that sustain existing funding to buy themselves time. Absent those actions, the money runs out, resulting in a full or partial shutdown. Now, missing the deadline doesn't bring all government operations to immediate halt. Every time there's a bit of a government shutdown, and this has happened several times in the last 10 years, Everybody acts as though the world is going to end and nothing happens. Like really nothing happens. In fact, so little happens that Barack Obama has to shut down national parks to pretend that anybody cares. He has to shut down like open air World War II memorials so that he can cudgel World War II veterans into being upset. Many of the people who are government employees, they just continue working because they are essential employees. The implications for a shutdown during a public health crisis could be very different, supposedly, according to the Washington Post. Democrats are struggling to advance multiple spending measures all at once. They don't have to do this. They're laboring to advance $4 trillion in economic initiatives backed by Biden. The proposal is tied to a second, roughly $3.5 trillion bill to expand Medicare, boost education and child care programs, combat climate change. In a sign of a new scramble to avoid a shutdown, the Senate's two top appropriators, Chairman Pat Leahy of Vermont, Democrat and top Republican Richard Shelby of Alabama, huddled Thursday to discuss potentially including a short-term agreement to keep the government funded. That could be done without an increase in the debt ceiling. Right now, however, the Democrats seem to want to play chicken. Well, good luck playing chicken. Well, the reason that we are playing chicken in the first place is because you want to spend money on programs that are relatively unpopular. Nobody's interested in blowing out the debt this way. And by the way, I, I will note here that it is, it is really impressive how many people on the left have used China as a model of how we should grow in the future. Meanwhile, ignoring the fact that China basically is destroying its own economy through debt. China's had multiple debt crises over the past five years alone. And now they're in the middle of another debt crisis. According to the Wall Street Journal, the current 2021 Evergrande crisis puts the Chinese in a very bad situation because the, uh, because the Chinese have invested too heavily in housing for too long through housing subsidies. So they're experiencing their own 2008 over there. It turns out that debt-led growth 
is generally a prescription for failure if you never rein in the spending. Okay, in just one second, we'll get to the latest with regard to funding priorities because it turns out that AOC is crying again. We'll get to that in a second. First, let us talk about a, a thing that is, this is such a cool device. It really is cool. So my wife tends to get really, really car sick. And one thing over time that we've tried is relief band. It's an FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemo, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free. It's non-drowsy. It provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as necessary. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now, through relief band, it's available to the masses. It's so cool. Okay, basically, it is a wristband that stimulates a nerve in your wrist, and that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea, and then it blocks that signal that the brain is sending to the stomach, telling you that you're sick. It is the only over-the-counter wearable device that has been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. Again, it works for my wife. My, my sister also tends to get car sick. I got her a relief band as well. Right now, relief band has an exclusive offer just for Ben Shapiro listeners. Head on over to reliefband.com. Use promo code Shapiro. You will receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. Head on over to reliefband.com. R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com. Use our promo code Shapiro for 20% off plus free shipping. Go check them out right now. All righty. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, you deserve to wake up to the facts. That's why we started our newest podcast, Morning Wire. It's been topping the Apple and Spotify charts since its recent release. It is the only daily news podcast that values your time and the truth. And while we are working overtime to bring you the news you need to know, we need your help to keep the facts trending toward number one. So subscribe and start listening now on Morning Wire at Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty. Meanwhile, uh, just a reminder that the squad is garbage. Just there, it's, it's filled with terrible people. So over the past 48 hours, there was an attempt by the Democrats to push Republicans to basically push forward spending bills by including in spending bills things like funding for Iron Dome, which is the Israeli defense system. And the squad voted it down. Like members of the squad who were in favor of increasing the spending, Republicans voted against it because they didn't want to increase the spending period. Democrats were in favor of increasing the spending. They just didn't like Israel, at least members of the squad. So Rashida Tlaib, who's just the uh, de-Hamas in the, like, she's, she's just a terrorist representative, apparently, in the American Congress, because that's all she does, just stand for Hamas. So she went out there and she said she was very upset that now the Democrats brought up, correctly, a separate funding bill for $1 billion for Iron Dome, which is a purely defensive technology. And Rashida Tlaib said uh, she didn't want any funding for war crimes. I will not support an effort to enable and support war crimes, human rights abuses, and violence. We cannot talk, be talking only about Israelis' need for safety at a time when Palestinians are living under a violent apartheid system and are dying from what Human Rights Watch has said are war crimes. Okay, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi was like, um, the hell are you talking about? Iron Dome is a purely defensive system designed to safeguard all civilians living in Israel. The system was co-developed by the United States and Israel and has saved thousands of lives. So whatever subsidy we are paying to Israel, we're getting back in terms of the technology. Um, and pretty much everybody voted for it, right? Everybody, the, the final vote on this thing had, I think, nine people who did not vote for it. Uh, Ted Deutsch, the representative from Palm Beach, he, uh, he came out, he's a Democrat, and finally slammed Rashida Tlaib as the anti-Semite she is. He's only two years late on this. I cannot allow one of my colleagues to stand on the floor of the House of Representatives and label the Jewish democratic state of Israel an apartheid state. 
I reject it. Let's be clear. It's consistent with those who advocate for the dismantling of the one Jewish state in the world. And when there is no place on the map for one Jewish state, that's anti-Semitism. Yes, it most certainly is. And the anti-Semites include Representatives Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, no shock there. I mean, they, they are just openly allied at this point with Hamas. Ayanna Presley, the Ringo star of the squad. Cori Bush, the BLM congresswoman from Missouri. That's also not a shock because the BLM organization is openly anti-Semitic. Andre Carson, Marie Newman, Jesus Garcia, and Raul Grivalva. And uh, one Republican representative, Thomas Massey, who voted against because he votes against pretty much every funding bill. And that, that, is, that is why Massey voted against it, not because he's anti-Israel, just because he doesn't like pretty much any funding. AOC is the one we should focus on here. So originally, the vote came around, and AOC voted against funding Iron Dome. Then AOC backed off a bit because, as always, she is just cosplaying the revolution. That is all. She wants to be seen as radical, but then when it comes right down to it, she just wants power and money. That's all she wants. AOC. She wants to run for Senate in New York. You ain't getting far running for the Senate in New York, being overtly anti-Semitic the way that Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib are. Ilhan Omar can get away with it because she's from a district in Minnesota that is extraordinarily far left and radical against Israel. And the same is true for Rashida Tlaib. That is not true for, it may be true in her district, it is certainly not true statewide. So whatever hope she has for statewide office rests on her abstaining. So she actually abstained from this. But, you know, she she did have to cry some crocodile tears. So no tears for the people who are attempting to cross the border down in, in Del Rio, Texas. No tears about that. But she broke out the, the sobbing again after switching her vote. So she knew where the cameras were because she always knows where the cameras are. I mean, she's like a, a moth to a flame when it comes to cameras. AOC made her way down while somebody else was speaking and then pretty overtly started dabbing at her eyes because she was so sad that she had abstained from this, from this particular bill. So terrible that Israel has defensive technology to prevent its citizens from being slaughtered en masse by a terrorist group firing rockets indiscriminately into civilian areas. You can see her approach and she walks up to fellow congressperson and she's, she's so sad. She's upset. And she removes her glasses. She knows exactly where the camera is this whole time, right? She removes her glasses and she starts dabbing at her eyes. Oh, oh the sadness. Oh, the pain. Ah, she is just terrible. So the squad proving itself once again. I'm so glad the future of the Democratic Party rests with these jokers. All right, we're going to finish the week with a piece of good news here. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, financial experts thought we were in the clear. While experts anticipated rate cuts from the Fed, inflation in the United States remains a significant economic concern. Think about it. The U.S. is in the hole by $34 trillion, but we're going to continue to print money and borrow money, which means the prices that you pay every day are going to continue to rise. So we can either bury our heads in the sand or we could, you know, do the smart thing that you do financially, which is diversify. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation. Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Gold is part of my savings strategy. I get my gold from Birch Gold. They've been the exclusive gold partner of The Daily Wire for over seven years now, literally helping thousands of our listeners. They can help you too. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist about protecting your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text Ben to 989898. Right now, again, diversification, just a smart fiscal strategy. Go check them out right now. Text Ben to 989898 to get started. So I know 
that the Democrats would love to have you continue to panic about COVID for the rest of time. And in fact, you have the education secretary who just came out and said we should actually mandate COVID-19 vaccines in schools. This is Miguel Cardona. He said, not only do I support it, I'm encouraging states to come with a plan to make sure it happens. I would like governors who hold those decisions to make decisions now that vaccines are FDA approved. There is a reason we're not talking about measles today. It was a required vaccination. We put it behind us. I do believe at this point we need to be moving forward. Yes, the reason that we are not talking about measles is because measles is a childhood disease. It was not endemic among the population. The basic notion that if you mandate vaccinations for small children with regard to COVID, that you're going to wipe out COVID is silly. There's not a single scientist who believes this is the case. No one believes we are getting to zero COVID. Okay, but now we're talking about mandating for small children, these vaccines, which, again, it is one thing to say for adults who have a higher risk that they ought to be thinking about taking the vaccine because the risks from COVID outweigh the risks from the vaccine. But when you're talking about the risks of COVID to small children, the risks are so unbelievably minute that you're talking about gradations of risk and maybe a little bit of long-term testing might be a little bit better. Like we can barely get the CDC and the FDA to agree on who should get booster shots at this point who are adults. And here you have government actors suggesting that we are going to mandate vaccines for children with regard to COVID-19. Again, with regard to a disease that kids are just not dying from in large numbers. And in many years, there have been more deaths, like half of the past 10 years, there have been more deaths from the flu than there have been from COVID over the period of COVID. And yet you have the Democrats continuing to push this stuff. Gavin Newsom, the, uh, the once and future governor of California, he says that a vaccine mandate is still on the table for kids. We want to continue to be vigilant. We want to continue to lean in. We still have a lot of work to do. I worry about a winter surge. And so, yes, it's now back on the table uh, to get our kids vaccinated, 12 to 17. Uh, we're not seeing the numbers we're seeing for other age cohorts. Uh, the decision will be made over the course of the next few days. We have a lot of partners uh, with 1,050 school districts in the state of California, the largest school system in the United States. But it is true, uh, our health director said it today, that this is on the table. It's being debated. Uh, and over the next few days, uh, we will come out. With I'm sorry, this is, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Yeah, but I told you I'd end with some good news. Here's the good news. According to the latest UK data, you know, other countries actually have data. We don't bother to do data in the United States. We just have our FDA and CDC pretty much just pull out of their ass and they don't have any rationale for it. Okay, here's the data from the UK. You ready? Long COVID symptoms are higher in the control group than in the COVID positive group for young children at 12 to 16 weeks post-infection. So you're more likely to have long COVID symptoms in a control group than in the COVID positive group for kids post-infection. Not only that, the woman who created the Oxford vaccine now says that COVID is unlikely to mutate into a much deadlier, var deadlier variant and will eventually just cause something that looks like the common cold. So there's your good news, is that we are pretty much at the end of this thing, but uh, they're not going to stop the panic because the panic is how they get things done. Alrighty, we will be back here next week. Make sure over the weekend that you check out our brand new episode of the Sunday special with Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying. They have a brand new book out about evolutionary biology, which is verboten in leftist circles. You're definitely going to want to read the book and you're really going to want to listen to the podcast. I think it's fabulous. It's really just a fascinating conversation. And we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, you can't forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's shows every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you as always. So head on over to dailywire.com, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. 
We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the Republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the Republic with me, Andrew Claven. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.